All right, guys, today's episode is quite awesome. Um, you know, a lot of times we talk about health and different things, um, but today I really got to indulge my woo-woo magic kind of side a little bit with my friend Mandy. Um, we dive into a little bit of everything. We kind of just let the conversation organically unfold, um, shadow work and that deeper, darker work that we have to do sometimes with something that we touched on. And I really just think that you're going to love this episode just for a conversation that you may not hear in other places. Um, so sit back, get comfy and enjoy the show. All right. So I am so, so excited about today's guest. She is an amazing woman, friend, coach, leader, healer, teacher, all things magical. Um, this is my amazing friend, Mandy, and I've been on her show a couple times, but this is actually the first time that we've got to roll reverse and I get to have her amazing knowledge brought to my audience. So I'm so excited. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you so much for being here. And I cannot wait for this conversation to unfold. Thank you, Holly. It is an honor. And I'm just so grateful for you and your, your presence in my life too. I feel like you're one of those amazing friends and soul sisters that every time we get to get together and co-create or jam, whether it's a podcast or spending time together personally, there's always so much growth out of it. And I feel like that's such like an honor and a rarity in this lifetime to have someone who can help reflect that with you. And yeah. I'm just, I honor you. So thank Aww. you. Thank you. Received. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so we had kind of had a little pre-chat about, you know, what's on our hearts to share with the world out there right now. And we both kind of resonated with this concept of addressing two different things, releasing fear and navigating fear and shadow work, which can kind of sort of be one and the same, but they can also be two very different separate things too. So this is a topic that. I feel like I talk about in a lot of like real world context, but there's so many layers of it. There's the spiritual side, there's the deep, you know, there's the 5D and then there's just like real life human side. And I think that this will be a great opportunity to kind of dive into a little bit of all of it. So I would love to kind of just hear, you know, have you take the floor and describe a little bit about like what shadow work is to anybody that may be new to that and maybe kind of just lay the foundation of, how that coincides with the fear that we hold and certainly the times that we've been navigating the last few years. Yeah, the last few years, the time the entire world got attacked by an invisible enemy. Right. And every single person throughout the world is feeling traumatized in, in some way or another. I was taking a little road trip the other day and I was listening to the radio, which I just love to do. And there was a comedian and they were like making kind of fun of everything happening. And they were like, yeah, so coughing's out. You cannot cough anymore, no matter where you go, or you're going to be worried about creating, you know, some sort of fear within someone else or yourself, or people are going to be looking at you. And it might just be like, you drank a sip of water the wrong way, but then you're afraid of what everyone else is going to think about you. Yeah. And it had me thinking about all of these like little micro kind of traumas and triggers that we have going on right now as a result of this past chapter. And I don't, you know, no matter what your belief system is on it, every single one of us is then attacked simply because we even have an opinion about it or what that looks like. Yeah. And it's opposite of someone else. So there's never been a better time to embrace these things, embrace the, the idea of learning how to release and conquer fear and learning how to dance and work with shadow work. 
I like to describe shadow work as an opportunity to look at the things within yourself, within your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit that you've maybe been a little afraid to look at. It's certainly things that are kind of obvious, like bad habits or um, one of the biggest ones, I think, and most transformational is how we talk to ourselves and our inner language and like words really do cast spells and we co-create that within our bodies. One of the resources that helped me to wake up the most to myself and to do doing shadow work was Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. Um, And I was like, holy shit. Why didn't anyone? I hope I could say that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold <laughs> <laughs> <Cool> on. <laughs> That's good. Put it around here. <laughs> I talked to angels, but I'm from from Jersey and raised by so it just it flows out. I bartended for a long time. For sure. Um, you know. So anyway, I don't even know where I was going with all that, but there's just such an opportunity right now embrace this and take a look at it and dance with our shadows and invite them in. And I think the way that we truly, I learned from a a teacher of mine that the way we alchemize fear is to become curious about it. So it's about saying, okay, I know this trigger always comes up. I know this fear always comes up. I know I had this trauma happen that has PTSD and it created it within my energy field and within myself. And I can't do this at this time. All of us at this point are pretty hyper aware, especially when we have anxiety going on, which is a really big and beautiful step. It took us a good like decade for people to like be like, yep, I have anxiety. Now people are ready and they're like, okay, here I am, totally have it. What do I do with it? And that's where the shadow work and the empowerment comes in and releases fears. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful summary. And I think like you, you know, and a lot of people in our position, we have had this sense for years that we were like training for something, you know, and like when this pandemic hit, we were like, oh, this is what we've been working for. You know, this is where kind of our consciousness and ascension and stuff has came in because we're here to hold the space and the collective stable and try to help get them through this. And I, I mean, you know, I've done life coaching and trauma work and all this different stuff in the mindset, mind, body field for almost 18 years, but this was a whole new collection of traumas. I mean, this was scarcity. We were running out of things. This is people losing jobs. This is, I'm literally feared for like fearful for my life. I might catch something and die. And I love how you said invisible enemy and what, kind of came up for me with that is I'm like the thing with stress and anxiety and fear is it's generally always an invisible enemy. A lot of times it's just in our head, it's past traumas, it's fears, it's our nervous system responses. Um, but this was the first time we had this like tangible thing to target it, but it still was invisible, you know? So I know for me, I have worked on a whole different level, helping people heal and regulate their minds and bodies through this. Cause it's just been a whole new level of invisible enemy. So yeah, if people need it now more than ever, they need the awareness around this and they need facilitation to actually heal and integrate it too. Yeah. And give them permission to invite it in. Like it is a very unknown time, uncharted territory. People, like you said, they're losing jobs, they're losing family members, whether it's to, to the illness or what's happening, you know, going on outside of them or just the relationship because of different beliefs, there is massive opportunity for transformation right now. And it's about how we choose to go through those things with harmony and ease and grace and potential peace, because that is the thing about shadow work. It's 
all we ever truly have is this now moment right here in this existence and the way we create, like I'm all about manifesting, but I'm all about like, yeah, it's a manifestation. It works. It's cool. But I've come to find that my kind of manifestation happens when I show up for myself every day and I take little tiny steps and that luck is really preparation, meeting an opportunity and like showing up for yourselves and building new habits so that what we think and do and say, today co-creates the life that we're living in the future and what happens is our traumas and our dramas they're stored deep within our bodies at a cellular level as well as in our biomagnetic field as memories as these things that come back to haunt us that say oh no this happened before so I can't feel safe in this now moment because it might happen again when odds are it just happened that one time and you've had a bazillion now moments where it never happened again but that memory or that feeling is still there my favorite definition of wisdom is like knowledge without the feeling wisdom is when you get to a point of this acceptance and like yeah that happened to me like you know it wasn't fun it wasn't cool it wasn't okay but has no effect on my now moment now and I still feel safe and free and loved and at peace and that's all anyone really wants every day so people are really like getting ready to be like all right let's do this shadow work because the pills aren't working everybody's dying and I'm like losing my mind so I'm ready to try something different yeah yeah you get to a point where you know, near-death experiences have long been known as one of the most pivotal, like life transformational things, because you are as close to that line of there's no more that I can care about as you can possibly get, you know, like there's no, there's nothing else to cling to. And we can take ourselves a little bit to that state if we're willing to, without having to be on our deathbed, you know, and without having to die and then be resuscitated off the table. And it really all comes from that willingness to surrender and let go and really just have a sense of trust for me. Like when I work with people, the sense of trust is the biggest thing that's eroded with all of this fear is it's just like, Mm. we're all going to hell quickly. Like the planet is exploding. And what I found for myself is sometimes I literally just have to look out my window and see the little birds and the leaves. And I'm like, nature is still perfect, man. Like all this craziness that humans have created, like mother nature is still like perfect. And so even simple little moments like that can slow us down and put us into that present moment and show us that there's something much bigger than CNN or, you know, whatever is kind of flashing in our face that there's so much danger. What do you find for yourself and for the people that you work with? Like, what's one of the most fundamental things? Like, say you started working with somebody and they are just like in chronic anxiety, fear, trauma response. Like, what's one of the first steps that you help them kind of walk through or tools you implement or just awarenesses that you try to cultivate for them? Totally. I love that question. And it's exactly what you said. It's trust because it comes from this lack of, of feeling like someone's got you or like someone's going to support me. A lot of times trauma happens when we're left alone with the feelings and we're not able to process it. And a lot of times if something traumatic happens and we have support at that time, or we're able to process it in the correct way, it doesn't come up to like haunt us. A lot of times it clears in that moment. And um, so some things that I do are I encourage people, depending on the severity of where they are at in their anxiety. I have a few different tools that I love to use. Um, First one is angels, second one's gratitude. And the third one is actually, I call it the finger hold. And it's a really simple body movement that you can do. So if you're in overwhelm and you're panicking and you're not able to breathe and you're not sure what to do, I encourage people to hold each finger 
for 30 seconds or more because Holly will be able to explain this 10,000 times better than I will. But each and every single um, acupuncture point and energy center within our body has a connection and an energetic touch point on our fingers. So if we hold each one, give it a little hug, you don't want to cut off its circulation, but you want to maybe feel your heartbeat a little bit. 30 seconds or more on each one and just breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. After three to five minutes, you'll have completely reset your entire energetic body and your nervous system. You'll be breathing again and you'll be able to come back into this now moment. So that's like my first like one for like emergencies. And that's great if like you're just like hanging out at your desk or you're at work or you're on a bus or you're at a red light or whatever it is. It's something that you can do that nobody knows what the hell you're doing. And you can be like, yo, I'm hanging out and I'm handling my anxiety. Hello, anxiety. I'm aware I have anxiety. Yeah. I want to do something to stop it. Mayday. I'm going to grab my finger. <laughs> so yeah, like, like literally handling it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe do you know a little bit more about that or some points in our fingers? Yeah, you know, so I studied acupressure, which is, you know, acupuncture manually um, in school. And, you know, I have never actually seen that little technique. And that, that's why I love these conversations is we can study stuff inside and out. And there's just always something new. And I love that one particularly because I am all about like quick, easy, covert things that you can do. Like you said, sitting on the bus, like at the stoplight all of that. So I love that. Um, and I mean, you're spot on, like the meridian points do run down, they connect everything. Like it really helps soothe our nervous system. I've just never seen that specific technique like that. So I love it. I love it. Thanks so much for sharing that one with us. Yeah. And like side note, if you're feeling a lot of grief or you're just needing a heart recharge or some joy in your life and you know, you're not like, I like to like put on a song and dance and you're not feeling that something you can do is just go outside and turn your palms face up towards the sun just hold it there and no matter what season or the weather let the sun hit your palms of your hands and within a few minutes you'll start to feel it pulsating into your heart and you'll start to feel a complete energetic reset and it's yeah. amazing what mother nature can do for us you know and father son and all the good things and these amazing elements that we are made of uh yeah. can do for us to help realign us and that's just it it's about finding a state we're never going to find perfect balance we're water we're moving we're energy but it's about finding this state of being calm and feeling at ease and at peace because what that does is it opens us up to receiving so this is why it's so important to be mindful of our feelings and start to manage them because the kind of the way I like to describe it to my clients if we think about it we're on these like amazing kind of energetic levels and we literally feel everything around us. And the only way a soul can get from heaven or the non-physical via to earth is via the energy of orgasm and bliss and ecstasy. And all the yogis and kundalini people will tell you and people who meditate and get way out there, they'll be like, oh my God, like it feels orgasmic when I'm out here in this amazing bliss state, because that's like what we're like at a soul level. We're just these amazing like souls that float around in like these bliss bubbles. And so we have to ride in this energy of like ecstasy and orgasm to get our souls to kind of incarnate and this spark of life and consciousness to come in. And then every single feeling other than that goes a little bit lower vibrationally. So we've got ecstasy and joy and bliss and, you know, unconditional love and joy and happiness and peace and contentment. Then we start to get into what we consider overwhelm. So any of the feelings that don't feel good or at peace or inviting are considered overwhelm. So we've got grief, shame, guilt, 
fear, criticism, guilt, and shame are the lowest possible vibrations that we can feel. And what happens is we will cut off our energy to receiving. The universe looks down and says, oh no, my being, I love you, Holly. I'd love to give you a phone date with your girlfriend or a bunch of money or time off or whatever it is, but you're overwhelmed. So you're telling me and the angels and spirit, which we'll get to next, that you can't receive. And we energetically shut that down. So one of the best things that we can do in order to change and shift our anxiety is become aware, okay, I'm overwhelmed. So I'm not able to receive right now. And there's a time and a place for us to release and to let ourselves feel that. And we all know that point where we're like, okay, I felt my feelings. I don't want to stay in this vibe anymore. How do I get out of it? And it's at that time where we want to say, how do I get out of it? So one of the things that you can do to manage these beautiful energy feeling centers within us and reopen is to drop into attitude of gratitude. So just like the finger hold, what we can do is take a few deep breaths and just start going over 10 things we're grateful for in the moment. And you can do this in your heart and in your mind. And what it does is it neurologically distracts you. So then you are consciously thinking about something that's actually of a higher vibration, which are gratitude. So then it can interrupt that kind of undercurrent of whatever is going on subconsciously and causing that overwhelm or that anxiety. It'll help to like consciously interrupt it. So even if like, I love the example of driving down the road and you're like running late for work and there's like a shitty driver in front of you and you're like, well, better go over my gratitude because I'm running late and I'm really pissed and I just want to change this energy and you're like I'm grateful these brakes work and you're slamming yeah. on the brakes and then you're like I'm grateful you know that the that it's you know I've got a car because it's raining and then you see someone at a bus stop and you're like oh I'm really grateful I do have this car and then you're like well I'm grateful I can listen to this song because this is my jam and I saw this concert and that was pretty cool and you're like my dog did this this morning and I actually really like this cup of tea and by the time you get down to number 10 your whole vibe changes. And yeah. that vibe, that vibration, that feeling, that is what we are after the most. Yeah. So that is number two for tools to pull you back in. Yeah. Yeah. And gratitude is so powerful. What you may have found this too is, you know, sometimes when you're in that really low, deep state, whether it's like one thing after another has happened, or you're just having the bad day. Cause we never are running late. We're always running late after we burn our toast and our dog got sick. You know, it's like always these compounded things. And the attitude of gratitude and shifting your focus is really hard to do when straight out of the gate, something like that happens. And that's why we tend to have these moments of like, I had the worst day ever, everything. Yeah. Like everything. No, you're not even going to believe. And we almost become like addicted to the drama. Not almost like that's a big thing. I always educate my clients on is really when we're used to all the stress and anxiety and fear, we're looking for things to add to that. We're looking to kind of fuel that victim consciousness a little bit. That our comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And the bigger we can make it, the more noble it seems that we're in a bad mood. And it's the confirmation bias. You can either look for things to solidify that you had the worst day ever. And just how dramatic can you make that? I always say it's kind of like when you watch a season of a show and they start running out of ideas. So every show just gets, every season gets more and more dramatic. And you're like, now people are coming back from the dead and like all this crazy stuff. Cause they're out of things. They're just looking for things to hook you in. Our brains do that too. And gratitude is like the fastest way to shift that out. And then, like you said, by the time you get to work, you're in a totally different state and you had maybe a rough morning, but that's very different than a horrible day where, you know, you stayed on the trajectory of everything's out against me. Instead, I was running late. This was a little stressful. Cool. And I think that that's important because sometimes with the manifestation mindset and the affirmation mindset, there's this bypassing that people get tripped up in 
I'm very adamant about not bypassing things and not, you know, just trying to trick ourselves out of things. But what I love about gratitude is it doesn't try to take you from here to here. It's, it's very subtle and it's, it's legitimate. It's actually authentic where you're not trying to say I'm broke, but I have a million dollars coming to me, you know, where your brain and your body don't really believe that you're just trying to say, but I'm glad I'm not $50,000 in debt. You know, you just find I'm grateful I could take a shower today. Yeah. You just find one thing to not to take it up a notch, a notch, a notch, a notch. And that is so much different than a lot of tools that I think try to just bypass the negative or slap an affirmation on it or whatever. And that's one reason there's a lot of trendy tools out there, but gratitude always ranks high for me because of the way that it subtly shifts you over and drops you into that. So I love, I love that that's a big tool for you as well. Yeah. And just like, I like to put myself in other perspectives and just like, you know, like the gratitude thing, like truly being grateful for your body. Like I went through a huge healing journey and being able to like walk and do the dishes and make a smoothie and cook dinner and like things like that. I'm like so incredibly grateful for that. I once took for granted because it was an ability I lost for a while. I didn't know if I could have it back and it came back. I, I grew it back. I showed up for it. I, I, I did the things to manifest and will and change it. And that's the other part with manifestation too. It's like, I just am such a like holistic person and I'm very much like mind, body, soul, and spirit. And we have to really look at all of them. And a lot of times with the whole manifestation thing, we don't want to do things with our bodies in order to shift or change or co-create that energy. And a lot of times just distracting yourself or going for a dance or a walk or being of service or getting, you know, a good workout in or something like that is going to help you to bring in whatever it is you're calling so much more. And it's not given enough um, energy or attention or gratitude for just how much the body is the vehicle to our dream. Yeah. Yeah. You know, being spiritual fit chick over here, that one resonates with me a lot because, you know, that was the whole concept behind my personal brand. And that name was that I loved the power of fitness and movement in such an unconventional way, not about calories and being a size two and being ripped, but physical fitness as a spiritual catalyst, as a spiritual tool. And, you know, I, like you have had my own healing journey where I went from this fitness professional, competitive athlete, owning a gym, everything to getting like debilitatingly sick, hardly being able to leave bed for, you know, eight plus months, a year after that, barely leaving the house. And like you said, it takes your gratitude so much deeper, but then it also has made me appreciate that much more because my spiritual self suffered so much because my body was like a vegetable, you know, I couldn't express and move and cultivate that energy. Like I always had before. And it showed me an even a bigger capacity that like fitness is my spiritual practice, you know, like movement and really connecting to my body in that way is like the bees knees for me, you know? And so even though I'm not able to go physically lift and do the things that I'm so passionate about, and I still coach people on, I know that that's a part of my journey. I'm back to that. And I just have fallen in love with it so much more than I ever even realized. Just like I appreciate being able to go for a short walk now. I appreciate fitness and its role in spirituality more than ever, more than ever. So I just love that you referred to it and kind of summed it up that way, because I don't hear a lot of people speak about it like that and kind of connect it like that. Yeah. 
I, cause I don't, I don't know. I don't think we talk about it a lot that much. I think there's still a lot of separation and this beautiful bridge to be built that we are these amazing sovereign beings with these super cool, cool, like holistic bodies and vessels. And it all comes together. And there's a reason for all of the things that are happening and our awareness and our consciousness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like one thing that I've always kind of struggled with, but also tried to create change in is that there's all these like niche, uh, avenues. It's like, you got the CrossFit people, you got the powerlifting people, and then you have the esoteric people and the woo woo people and the new age people, you know, in every category of life, there's like, you got to be this or you're nothing. And like, to me, I always like to dance a little bit in and out of everything. You know, I was in strength sports, but I can sit still and meditate. I love the power of yoga, but I want to go lift a lot of heavy weight. And I think that there's a lot of judgment around certain things and fitness because it's so connected to like diet culture and this superficial element, I think it gets stigmatized as 3d as superficial as, you know, not things that spiritual people are into because they've ascended beyond the body. And that whole, like, even in the body positive movement, of course, like there's amazing things that have come out of that, but I've seen quotes, like your body is the least interesting thing about you. And I'm like, have you picked up a biology book? Like your body is incredible. Like it's the exact opposite of the least interesting thing about you. It's fascinating. Like, and so I think that in an effort to kind of dismantle this whole patriarchal idea of beauty and size and all of that, that we've like thrown the baby out with the bathwater. We've like done away with this whole physical thing that can be so amazing because it had kind of been hijacked by the diet industry, by the fashion industries, by men's standards of what women should be like and everything else. So like I said, I just love that you've kind of brought that up because for me and my work, trauma, healing, mindset, shadow work, fear, all of that, right, right alongside of all of those things is physical movement for me. And that's, that's what everything I do is all about. So that's super, super, super cool. I would like to dive into kind of the shadow work part of it a little bit, like give me an example again, for someone that's kind of brand new maybe suffering with something. Give me an example of one, what a shadow or a trigger might actually be. And then how you actually identify that and kind of work towards healing that. Like, what does that process look like for you? Beautiful. Actually, that's a really good segue into like my third kind of tool too, because this is how I started to identify it in myself and start to heal it. So one of my triggers and shadows that I really wanted to release and work on was constantly being afraid of getting attacked and raped. I had almost gotten attacked and raped when I was like in sixth grade by, I got attacked by a group of boys, like high school boys. And I was riding my bike in sixth grade and like, they got me and they started like ripping off my clothes and things like that. But I ended up being able to get away, but it was the almost that happened, you know, that scared the crap out of me. And, you know, they were circling in front of my house and I always had to see them in different places. And so at that point, I started to always be really like afraid of like what could happen to me. And particularly I had other experiences with men and that started to like scare me. And then I had another experience in college, same thing where I did get raped in college. And it was like a very strange and different situation that I just didn't see coming. And then it really messed with me. And from that point on, I started carrying so much more fear and anxiety. And to the point where like my roommates would come into the bathroom to like brush their hair, I'd be in the shower or something. I'd be like, ah, and I'd like scream. 
And I'm like, I'm so sick of this. I'm so yeah. sick of being so jumpy. I'm so sick of having PTSD. I'm so sick of always being afraid of this, like in me, but I didn't know how to look at that shadow or what that meant. And I didn't want it to control the rest of my life. And so, like I said, I always kind of like, was always like a hustler. I was went to full, school full time and bartended full time. And a lot of times I'd have to like lock up my bar at night and leave by myself. And it would be the most terrifying thing ever. And I'd be pumping all of this adrenaline and cortisol into my body all the time. And I'd be like, I know this isn't good for me. And I know this is like stupid and like, what the heck? And I just need to like feel safe. And I remember walking in my car one night and I just started getting into like spirituality and angels. And I remember hearing like Kyle Gray or someone being like, you know, always ask your angels for help. And I was just like, angels, just help me to like, please help me, <laughs> like help me to get to my car without being so afraid. And I walked to my car and I could tell that there was like someone who was like homeless down at the end of the corner and like I was like really afraid in my mind that it was like this big like scary guy and like they might come up to me or whatever and like I got to my car really fast and I got in and I locked the doors and I looked and it was like this really old lady like pushing a shopping cart like all by herself and it was cold and I'm like oh Mandy like you held all this fear when you didn't even know what was over there and I was always someone who was really into like um, I'm like a wilderness first responder, things like that. I'm like, you don't even survey the scene anymore. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, why aren't you even taking a look out and seeing what's going on? And I took this breath and I just said, like, thank you, angels, for like helping me to like realize that. And I looked up and it was like the most beautiful sky. And there was like all these stars twinkling and the moon was out and the moonlight was like shining. And I just took all these breaths and I stood there for a few minutes and I just like took a few breaths and I was like, I am safe. I am safe. I'm safe. And I started telling myself that. And so then I would use this tool called shielding all the time. And I'd ask the angels to surround me in white and blue light and protect me, whether I was driving and scared, whether I was walking into my house in the middle of the night after working alone in a city and I was scared, whatever it is, anytime I had any sort of fear, I'd ask them to surround me in white and blue light and protect me. I had a new job as a social worker and I was afraid to like cold call clients. They were like, you need to call this client and find this thing out. And I'd be like, why am I, why the fuck am I afraid to call? Like, I'm pulling up the phone, like dialing. I'm like, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, who am I? Like, what is wrong with me? And I'm judging myself and being so mean to myself. And I'm like, angels, please protect me. Please help me to make these calls. And so they did. And I would feel like this bubble come around me and I'd feel like calm and safe. And I kind of just know what to say. And so I started connecting with my angels and building trust. And the other part to that was I started showing up for myself. And when you show up for yourself and you start to felt is like, that's the best way to start developing trust. I would show up for myself and ask my angels for help, which I had never done before. And then in the mornings, I started a really simple routine, take three deep breaths, say, thank you so much for letting me breathe again today. I go over 10 things I'm grateful for to raise my vibration. And I'd set an intention for the day and ask the angels to shield me. And that was my morning routine. It was done in a minute before I even had to let the dogs out, before I even thought about checking my phone or anything like that. And it made a huge difference. And then just showing up that little bit for myself helped me to build some trust. And the thing is, it's just about getting real and picking something in yourself you've been afraid to look at. It can be something like severe anxiety, like I talked about, about being afraid of getting attacked. Or it could be something where like, I know I'm a snarky bitch and I need to change that because I'm having these really reactive responses. Like there's so many possibilities of what these shadows could look like, but it's something within yourself that you know is creating an unease or a disease within you. And it's something that you're ready to tackle or release in order to create more peace. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think a, a little like 
additional point for anyone that's new to that concept is 95% of the time, it's very much an autopilot response. It's very much in our subconscious, you know, again, you, your story is interesting because like you were right there up to that trauma, but you got away. And the interesting thing about that is like, had that actually kind of turned into a full, you know, like actually start to finish situation, your body would have reached a shutdown and freeze state that would have kind of blocked it out and protected you. So yours was almost more compounded because you never actually got to that state, you know, which is a sequential thing for bodies. And a lot of times we don't actually get far enough in a trauma. Like it might be we're driving and we almost get in a wreck. We didn't get in a wreck and get knocked unconscious, but that can trigger a bigger physiological response that our body can't actually ever get out of. Cause again, that freeze where you numb out and you don't feel, and you don't remember is a protective mechanism, but we rarely actually have traumas that are that severe that protect us from that. So that's kind of a note from a physical side, but I think sometimes people think shadow work is superficial. It's my personality or things I'll be consciously aware of. And it typically is a little deeper. Again, it's these autopilot things that we've just regurgitated and they overplay, replay, replay, replay over and over and over again. Um, that's one of the first things I help the people that I work with identify too, is I'm like, what's actually going through your brain and body every single day. And people are astonished. Like when they actually go through these questions and this process, this inquiry process, most of the time that first session, they're breaking down into tears because they're like, I knew maybe I had some negative self-talk, but I never knew it was this bad or this detrimental. Um, so I think it's important for people to know that it's not always on the surface. It's not so easy to identify. Um, it's a lot of times on autopilot and there's a whole spectrum of how severe it might be, you know, based on the extent of the trauma and how your body responded. So that was a, first of all, I'm so sorry that you had those experiences, but what a powerful testament of what we can actually go through when we actually create that awareness. And then we set that intention of this is the, the situation, this is what's happening, but I'm committed to creating something different. It's like you take your power back and then it's not the out there that's coming to get you. It's I'm safe in here. And even that phrase right there, again, one of the biggest things I start having people recite all the time is I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. Cause our brains and bodies just, they're in such a chronic state of, I am not safe that you have to start repeating that back to yourself, you know, to really set off the balance of it. So, um, I love that. And I would love to dive in a little bit more to the angel thing specifically. Um, I, I want to set the kind of precedent a little bit or sort of the foundation of there might be a hundred different people that listen to this and the idea of angels could mean a hundred different things for them, right? Maybe they're very into the, the esoteric and they totally know what that means and they've identified them. Maybe they think of angels in like a biblical sense and maybe they're like, um, they're almost ready to hit the stop button and go do their, their own thing. I want to kind of paint a picture that is a little more inviting and, um, maybe digestible for people of wherever they're on the spectrum of what this actually means and how realistic or feasible it is to identify and connect with them. Like, can you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of make it, make it up what you're putting down girl. Yeah. Cause I feel like that just might be a thing for people. I always try to think of like where somebody may be the first time they're hearing about this and like, how can they sort of digest it a little bit? Yeah. So the way I view angels are they're basically like, they are like your biggest cheerleaders and your helpers. 
And if you want to just wash away everything you believe or just put it aside or whatever and just take a thought and maybe think of what if when we chose to incarnate or come in here as souls in whatever way that looks like, what if there was this like really cool spiritual side to it? And what if we, we were assigned these amazing like angels and angels can be ancestors, they can be um, spirits you've worked with in other lifetimes or soul connections. And basically they're there to be helper beings and to help guide us through our intuition. Every single one of us has this sense that we were born with of kind of right or wrong or yes or no. And we all have these beautiful intuitive whispers and we don't necessarily have the words to describe what we're feeling, but there's just times or places where we know things are happening for us or we're in like a, the right space at the right time or we get some sort of message. And it's so funny because I have worked with so many people throughout the years and so many people have some sort of angel story. And a lot of times it's when something really bad was happening and people who had no faith in anything are like, yeah, well, I crashed my car really bad into this tree. And I saw this like amazing, you know, being near me or this happened. And so that helped them to believe in something, yeah. help them to instill trust. And because we are in this amazing, beautiful world here on earth and in this like 3D reality on earth, we have this um, law of free will. And it's really important. Like consent is a really big thing on all levels, not only here in this, you know, reality in this matrix we created that we subscribe to, but also on a soul level and permission yeah. is really important. And I believe very much we chose to be here and to incarnate here and to, to sign up for this a little bit and that we have these helper beings to come in and help us. So like, um, I remember in high school, I drove my car basically off a cliff and I flipped it. And I remember just like kind of praying, but not really knowing what to say or do. And just like took this big breath and just like hoping like that there was like angels where something was going to save me. And I just remember feeling this huge bubble of like softness around me and my car was mangled. And I came out with like a scratch on my pinky because they had to chainsaw me out. And there was like a fleck of like glass that barely got me like mm -hmm. I mean I walked out of this thing like fine and I did I well I did crack my sternum from the seatbelt but there wasn't a lot I could do about that but yeah. um you know I, I healed it and, and whatnot but that helped me to create some trust with it and the thing is all your angels want to do is build a relationship with you and they're sending you signs all the time. It comes in the form of random songs in your head or lyrics. And you'll be like doing something or working out or worried about something with work or a partner or a friend. And like a song will come on in your head and it'll be like, don't worry, go do this. And you'll be like, why is this in my head right now? And a lot of times that's your higher self, that's your angels, or you'll make a decision. You'll be like, all right, you know, I just took a break from work and I chugged like a big glass of water because that's really good for my vessel and you look and the clock says two 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 that's like your angels giving you a high five being like wow great job like you did so good today that's an alignment like I'm so proud of you and then there can be a lot of other bigger signs that come in too but it's all about angels are just there for spiritual support and when you are ready they will answer they're sitting there waiting for each and every one of us, whether you believe in them or not. And they're just waiting for you to say, hey, angels, like, please help me. Thanks. And whether it's just getting a parking spot or a job you're looking for or a happy, healthy new relationship or healing within your body, they love to come help you heal. They will come in at nighttime, particularly Archangel Raphael and his green energy and light and come in and work on your body and be honored to with all these other amazing different energies that we don't even like really have in our consciousness yet. Yeah, yeah, I love 
I love how you said, you know, they're there whether you believe in them or not. And that's kind of what I think a lot of spirituality is. Um, and even some health concepts and stuff, you know, there are so many different thought processes when it comes to the nutritional world and to the healing world and the spiritual world. And ultimately for me, I've never had someone introduced to these concepts and them fail, like kind of inviting it, like encouraging them, Hey, you know, come up with a sign. That's going to be your sign. I did this at my retreat. Actually, we had a whole day where we went through this exercise that had people identify what's going to be a sign that you're going to use that says the universe is communicating to you. For me, like I used a compass because that was the logo of my retreat company. And I said, you know, I'm going to use that as a sign that anytime I see that it's going to mean to me that I'm on the right track. Like if I'm doing something or going somewhere, it's going to be again, like that high five from the universe, like, Hey, yeah, you're on the right track. And I had each person kind of set one of those up and come up with a meaning and then be curious about how that was going to come in. And what I like about how you started that whole explanation is the two words, what if, and to me, I think again, like I have a really interesting history with, um, like multiple religions and my dad was a religious researcher. So I had a really unique background early on of going through all these different religions and guess what one thing they all have in common. They all think they have the Holy grail. They all think this is the name of the father. This is the path to heaven, you know, all these different things. And I learned really quickly. I'm like, well, if every one of these, these institutions, these religions think they have the one thing they're all wrong, you know? And it was just very logical for me as a 13, 14 year old kid to make that conclusion. And that kind of, set, yeah, that's, that kind of set the precedent for my whole spiritual evolution all these years. But what I love about the words, what if is across the board, whatever you're navigating with life, if you have that mindset of what if you open yourself up to so many possibilities, so many possibilities. Like for me, when I was hardcore vegan, and I started to have some issues, I had to ask myself, what if this maybe isn't the thing that serves me? And that opened the door for me to learn about some reactions I was having to these fruits and vegetables, the things that were supposed to be so healthy that were really impacting my health. Um, always having that mind of what if, what if, what if, it just opens the door and then it lets things come through. And I think people, when they're used to being in their room, say it's a religious room their whole life and they're told this is the way, political, you know, we all know that everyone has these little boxes that they're in. They hear someone on the outside. Not your fault. You were subscribed to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They hear, in there. they hear someone on the outside and it's just automatic rejection. It's like, no, you know, in religious cultures, I can't tell you how many times I've been told like on the antichrist, because I like crystals, which are like minerals from the earth. And I'm like, what, you know, but people really truly believe that because that's the culture and the religious doctrine that they've kind of been subscribed to. And so I always tell people, I'm like, I get it. You have this thought process and this philosophy and maybe angels sounds crazy to you. And it sounds so woo woo and out there and crazy, but what if you just said, what if this is a possibility? What if, what if, and typically what I've found with my work and myself, cause I've had, you know, again, many of these experiences is that's all it takes. As long as you're willing to entertain, what if something will creep in that little opening that you have in the door that will make you say, Oh, that's interesting. Well, what if that is really true? And what if I could call that in? And it just goes again, nobody goes backwards. 
it's it's like people lifting they typically don't lift weights and say i feel awful from this they love it they love how strong they feel they love how empowered they've become and i think the same thing applies to that and that's why i kind of wanted to dive into that because i think a lot of people my audience is so diverse so very diverse it's not just one little niche because i'm very multifaceted and i always like to break things down to that very much entry point where it's not trying to shove it down your throat or cram it in your face or say, this is the end all be all. I try to recognize that that might be so far fetched to somebody, but I just want to encourage them to take that first step and try it on, you know, step into it. And like you said, just see, just see what happens. Say, come up with a prayer, come up with a request and see what happens. And I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like everything I, I haven't, I've not met a human yet who doesn't have somebody they want to connect with. And the biggest skeptics are there because their heart's broken because they missed their grandpa or something like that. Like there is always these opportunities. So if you just want to connect with an ancestor, same thing, come to me, like, give me a sign, let me know, just ask them and they will show up. And when you are in that space of if something, if you're thinking about a what if scenario and it's triggering you, oh man, that's such juicy juicy territory to grow in and take a look at stuff and let yourself expand and the wider you become with it the more you figure out just what feels right for you and I always say like I love all kinds of things and I'm a huge advocate for for cannabis and healing and I use it often for myself but at the same time I don't have an attachment I'm like if it no longer serves me and falls away it falls away but right now it really serves me so it shows up for me and it's great the same with like a lot of the plant-based eating I do I I don't fully say you know this is what I am or subscribe to one label like I'm gonna have certain things at certain times and it's all about energy for me and choosing what feels best for me in this now moment and not attaching to the future moments or the past moments and letting yourself simply be and doing it from a place of love and grace and integrity for yourself first and foremost and then for other people yeah yeah you know and something just popped in my head you know since this whole thing is kind of about like fear and being open and asking for support and all this stuff like one thing that really comes up as a fear is when we are challenged to go outside of our boxes for me I left home at 16. I've kind of always been like a lone wolf. I've been an entrepreneur. I haven't had a lot of very traditional like school um, communities, family communities, religious communities, like a lot of people have. So, but I mean, I have to some degree, like I'm an athlete, I compete in this, you know, we all have these different labels that we subscribe to. But what's interesting is that can be one of the most traumatizing and fearful things for people to break out of using the vegan as an example, like I had done a lot of different eating styles over the years, but none had put me in a box of, I am something, you know, you didn't say I am paleo. You just said, I eat paleo or whatever it was. I had been keto, mm -hmm. I eat a keto diet, but vegan is different because it's like, I am a vegan. This defines me. These principles are who I am. This ideology oozes from my pores. And when I started having the issues and the reactions to foods and like my diet got more and more limited and I started really thinking, I think I'm going to have to eat meat again. Like everything intuitively was telling me that the fear that I had, even as such an outspoken independent thinker, kind of like, I don't, I don't really give a shit what people think that fear was really ingrained deep because it was like, I was in a community for the first time. I had this label. It was like wearing this big V on my chest. And now I had to challenge that and step outside of that. And it was terrifying. And it was really weird for me because I don't think I'd ever experienced 
anything to that degree of like being something, being in a box and then having to challenge and leave it. Um, and it brought up so much for me around like my fear of what other people think, my fear of, I had a lot of embarrassment and shame because I was so vocal about it being like the best and the thing. And then I kept going through the research and through the study and through my personal experience. And it wasn't serving me. Like you said, it wasn't serving me any longer. And it did at first. I mean, it did. There was never more of a spiritual moment than when I made the decision to go vegan. So that was ultra confusing to me because I was like, wait, no, like the universe told me to do this. But the universe also told me that my time was done and I was like so confused. So I think a lot of fear comes up around, again, if you're traditional Christian and suddenly you think you want to learn tarot cards and crystals, if your whole family is Christian and thinks that that is sacrilegious, that's going to be really, really, really hard. Like people really, really struggle with that. And like you mentioned in the very beginning, we've seen that from a political standpoint, the whole vaccine conversation, like we've seen that so compounded the last couple of years, because now you're like one side or the other, there is no middle road, there is no compromise, there is no acceptance whatsoever. And I think this is bringing up a whole new level of trauma and fear for everybody. Again, even the most independent and like kind of stabilized people are dealing with it in different ways. Do you find that like, you know, the people that you work with and yourself, have you gone through a degree of that too? Oh yeah. You know, it's, um, the thing with like starting to embrace your fears and become more sovereign is it can be addicting too. And like, I did the same thing with plant-based eating with the vegan thing. And then there was just something in me. And after about eight months, like I needed it, it healed me. I was addicted to it. I'm like, this is great. I'm losing weight. I'm losing pain. I am losing, you know, years of worry and stress. Like, this is awesome. And then it got to a point too, where I was like, I was like, I was needing more grounding. And like, now I'm like an 80 kind of 20% person. I still really don't like a lot of dairy every now and then, but sometimes I really crave like chicken and fish in particular. And like, I get really bad gout attacks. So like, bacon and pork and sausage. Like I love the smell of it, but my body doesn't like the way it makes me feel. And so I just honor that. And I also spiritually, like a big part of my food thing was giving gratitude for everything I eat and getting like really real with it and being like, thank you salad for growing your whole life for me. Like, thank you chicken for growing your life for me. And it made me want to, when I do eat consume meat, I like it to be organic and healthy and, and free range and raised, you know, ethically and sourced. And it connects me to my roots. Like I'm very native American as well. And like animals serve so many purposes in within their own existence. And then also to benefit humanity and the, the world. And I love, I love my plants and veggies, but they need fertilizer. And yeah. there's a big component that comes in with that and helping, you know, the plant and animal and human worlds all coexist and become a healthy ecosystem together. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about I think I've always used the analogy for me is like when I go into a subject, I go deep, I dive off the deep end, I go down to the depths of it, I stay down there generally until I can't breathe. <laughs> it's like really, yeah. and then I step out and it's like I'm standing on the side of this big pool of information I just immerse myself in. You know, sometimes it's a couple months, sometimes it's several years, but I tend to evolve. One thing about me is I tend to rapidly evolve through things. Um, that's kind of always been my case. Things that typically are like a 10, 15 year story for me, for other people are like a one or two year thing for me. Um, and that's what it was with the vegan thing is like so many people, when I started really looking, were like 10 years in before they really were ready to face off with that fear of, I thought this, but now it might not be right. 
And I was like, I don't want to suffer for 10 more years, not being willing to question my own belief system that I already had to question my previous one to get here. And so it, like I said, it just kept challenging deeper and deeper layers of, okay, I'm going to step out on the sidelines. And I always like the simple saying, chew up the fruit and spit out the seeds. You might dive deep and you, you sometimes have to be all in it to really understand it. You can't just dabble. I understand a vegan's perspective as much as anybody. Cause I was all in, I wasn't just kind of sort of maybe, I mean, I jumped onto the, the deep end and now I have an understanding and a compassion that I could only have having gone through that and gone fully in, but I can step back out and say, this is for me. This taught me this. I recognize this. Here's the awareness. And here's what I'm taking that feels right for me. And that's hard to do sometimes. Like that's really, really hard to do. Especially that work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You see your ego and stepping into what's best for your soul. Yeah. Then that can be really, really hard when everyone's telling you what the right thing is to do. We're seeing that on a very global scale with this whole vaccine and the mandates, whether you believe it's the best choice or not, we've never had so many people in other people's medical business yelling and screaming them where the hell hippo go yeah it's like suddenly it's this everyone's business and you're we weren't allowed to ask anybody about aids remember that yeah yeah and so it's like this and everything else this bullying like dynamic of if you don't do this thing then you're a selfish asshole who doesn't care about anyone else you're a conspiracy theorist you're a, you know, you're a Trump, like there's so many labels that go with it. Even if you're not those All things, the labels. people are assuming. I'm, I'm not, I had a vaccine injury. I got the HPV one and you know what? I had a crazy reaction to it. I got all of these bumps on my vagina the day after I got each of the shots and boosters. And they were like, yeah, we've seen this with a few other girls. We're not sure what it is. We're going to report it though. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, do I have like a herpy? Like, what the hell is this? This is bizarre. And then I got crazy chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. I gained weight. I had all these like really bad nerve issues and top it all off. I got HPV strain 16 when I had never had it before ever and hadn't been sexually active or had a new partner at that time. Yeah. I'm like, the fuck. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And it's like, these are the, the stories and experiences. And like, why can't I just sit in that and be like, I finally healed myself and everything I'm doing for myself is working for me right now. And I don't want to invite in, I'm someone who gets toxic, toxic shock syndrome from tampons. Like I'm sensitive vessel and like, yeah. why can't that, why is that not okay? Why can't that be honored? Why can't I keep my distance and wash my hands like a normal, happy, healthy person? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the perpetuation of fear on a social level that I don't think we've ever had with anything else. You know, again, like the story you shared, um, obviously about something so profound, like a rape and a a physical attack to something obviously much less physically dangerous, but psychologically kind of crazy of, I was a vegan and now I'm not a vegan. And I'm afraid of that. No matter what kind of fear response there is, we have this new dynamic again, where nobody was bullying you or bullying me necessarily about that kind of in the vegan community, but not about other things, you know, not about physical assaults or anything like that. Well, now we have this ability to think for ourselves and make our own choices and choose what's best for us kind of being stripped away. We're being bullied and pressured and everything else. And I think maybe a closing note to touch on, um, because of course we could have a whole separate conversation about all of that, but kind of keeping to the theme of open-mindedness and inviting in shadow work and inviting in these tools to stay sovereign and grounded. What would you say your kind of closing 
maybe tip or tool would be for somebody who's struggling with that, whether they've been kind of coerced from a professional sense, you know, where they're having to fight this battle of exemptions and I don't want this or their families rejecting them. Like what kind of closing words of assurance or comfort could you give to someone who's really struggling with that, like bully dynamic that's really igniting the fear for them? I would just say always my medicine for everything, whenever I feel overwhelmed or attacked or anything is to take a couple breaths and tune in and then make decisions based on what your heart wants most. Your heart will tell you right away what feels best and what feels true to you in that moment. And just like Holly talked about, even if your heart is telling you it's time for me to be vegan right now, go for it. Maybe it won't be a forever thing. And that's just it is maybe giving yourself permission to be unattached. And also understand that we make judgments all day, every day. All we do is judge and discern. Is it safe enough for me to step out of bed, to walk across the street? What should I put in my body at this time? We get to use that judgment and that discernment energy with how we choose to react or to respond. A reaction is something that happens often on autopilot as a result of our conditioning or traumas or dramas or things that have happened or just way of knowing. And when we can become mindful enough and take a breath and instead of reacting, taking that pause and allowing ourselves to respond and choose how we show up, it helps things. And whether it's, you know, you're getting a lot of pressure at work and, you know, you're getting pressured, you know, whether it's like to disclose your vaccine status or whatever it is, and just, you can just take a breath and just say, thanks for your concern. Thank you for sharing. I'm a big fan of always thank you for, you know, acknowledging me. Thank you for your concern. I don't want to share that at this time, or I'm choosing not to, and you can give them a reason or not. It's about having healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries aren't saying like you're totally closed out and shut out of my life. It tells you where the door is. I've heard that several times, and I like that a lot. So use the energy of this permission, of this consent, and start with yourself at all times, and take some breaths, and tune in and your intuition and your heart will tell you exactly what it wants most and exactly what you're breathing or um, believing at that time. And that's always, it's important to trust that that's always for your highest good. Holly did her vegan journey so she could dive deep and learn all about it and heal her body while she was at it and pick up some tools and realize that it wasn't for her and be able to report back to all of us on behalf of the collective. So like, thank you. <laughs> oh, you did every one of us have these stories where we go and we spend time in these situations in order to forgive and heal and release in our own existence first and foremost. And then I believe in this, in this lifetime and other lifetimes, it becomes compounded. And then also it's all about just wanting to create more peace. And when you can take the time to choose to respond to something, you're going to invite that in. So that is like one of my favorite bridges to starting to kind of release fear. And no, you were born for these times. You were born to take a look at all of this and you were born to be a little brave and to love yourself while doing it. And it's a new way of showing up as a warrior in this world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. And my only thing to add is that I think it go like you just kind of went full circle with, you know, the dropping in and the gratitude and the safety when we embody that on our daily lives and our daily, you know, actions and little things that we do, we are more rooted to begin with when something happens and comes at us. You know, so many people get in that reactive mindset where it's judgment, fear. And again, it's like the confirmation bias of everyone's out to get me. 
And I went through a little bit of that stage in the very beginning with like the mask and stuff. Like I have legitimate medical conditions that make it nearly impossible. I struggle to breathe on a good day, much less with something over my mouth. And at first I just kind of went with it. I didn't want the confrontation. And then I started taking it off and trying to say, but like, it was always like this conflict. And one day I just kind of caught myself and I was like, you're kind of attracting in this negative response. And like you said, I got myself a little bit out of my reactive brain because everything was so charged for so long. And it just felt like a personal attack to anyone that didn't think the same. And I just started stepping back. And before I would go into a store, I would imagine someone comes up to me and approaches me about a mask. And I say, I'm medically exempt. Thank you. Just really simple. You know, I would rehearse it. I would imagine being really calm. And I only had one person from that point on who had any kind of like negative response that kind of pushed and pride. They asked me what my condition was. And I was like, legally, you're not allowed to ask that, but I still stayed calm through the whole thing. And that it was such a shift for me. It was such a powerful shift to go into that breathe, stop, hold yourself in, you know, a grounded, safe space. Because if I walk in a store and I already feel safe, it's going to be very different than if I walk in a store and I'm waiting for someone to attack me. They cannot, they cannot vibrationally engage with you the same way. It is a law of physics and it's so hard to understand or explain. But if you walk in there owning your space and your truth and your knowingness, which is I'm safe, I'm allowed to breathe, I'm exempt. I don't have to disclose that. When someone comes and attacks you and you meet them with heart and love and say, and I call it loving assertiveness, like Mm -hmm. I'm exempt. Thanks for your concern. Have a beautiful day. Yeah. And they don't they have to engage with when you're like, I'm exempt. And then, oh, here comes the shit storm. We got all the collective energies we need. So the power (laughs) trips and everything, like you said, and people don't really, uh, oftentimes they're shocked at your humility and your compassion and your, like you said, loving assertiveness, like they're kind of shell-shocked and they're like, okay. And then you kind of walk off like, huh, you weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> you know, thanks you- to mine, feminine. Thanks, angels. <laughs> thanks for holding me in. Like, that's what that is there for. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, we'll goes- all about energies another time. <laughs> right. Right. It just goes to show that, you know, again, what you're constantly cultivating within yourself, it's a daily practice, just like we're drinking water all day, every day. We can't do these things and arrive to a certain point where we are there, you know, that we don't have to keep practicing. It's a continuous thing. And when we see our shadows coming up, like for me, I was noticing I was being reactive and was anticipating a threat because so much stuff had happened. I had a choice to back out of that and reframe that and rewire that for myself. And it was a whole different year and a half after that. Cause I kind of got into that about the first six months of everything. Um, and thank goodness that, you know, I was able to turn that around and I didn't spend the last two years doing that because that would have just solidified so much fear and anxiety in my body. Like no go, I didn't want anything to do with that. And so across the board, again, that's what I've helped people do this whole past year and a half through the family dynamics, work dynamics, doing basic things, dynamics, they can bully you, but you can respond in very different ways. And ultimately their actions can only have as much impact on us as we allow that to happen, you know? to a degree. And so I think we have to always be advocating for change and our human rights and all of that, but we also have to take ownership of our responses and how we're feeding into things. So that goes back to the very beginning that, you know, recognizing your triggers and being willing to, to dive in and heal them with whatever tool it is. If angels are your thing and they resonate great. If 
self-help books are your thing, if coaching, talk therapy, trauma healing, whatever it is, you got to find tools that bring you back to that grounded center. And hopefully, um, you know, everyone that's listening has pulled away some really good tools. I love the tips that you shared, the things that you use. I try to always share little things like that too. And it's the bigger the tool belt, the better we're going to navigate. So I'm all about those little tangible takeaways. And I just thank you so much for tuning in and sharing your insight and sharing your gifts and tools. And we'll definitely have to come back and have another, another conversation all about energy. And there's 20 million different things you and I could talk about. <laughs> oh, all day. And thank you so much for having me and to all of your listeners for tuning in. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And just remember, take a breath and maybe get a little curious about what's causing fear because you really do have so much more power than you're taught and then you think. So, own yeah. it. Amen to that. So, tell everyone where they can find you, where you're at on all these platforms in this world today. And yeah, how can they connect with you? Sure, I would love that. My name is Mandy Elam. I'm an intuitive ascension guide at Sea Goddess Healing Arts. So, you can find me on my website which is SeaGoddessHealingArts.com. We also have a Facebook page and Instagram and a YouTube where we're always putting out new content and shows and helping teach people how to heal themselves mostly. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and we'll have all those in the show notes for people to directly connect over with you. And yeah, I hope everyone found this supportive and enlightening. Thank you so much, Mandy. And we will do it again. Thank you. All right. I hope you guys loved that episode as much as I loved recording it. Um, Mandy offers so much light and she's just such an incredible soul in this world. So I'm sure you enjoyed it and got an immense amount of value. Don't forget to check the show notes for all of her information. And if you're looking to dive a little deeper into this whole shadow work conversation, into this whole, hey, I've got some parts of me that I want to unpack. I really want to dismantle and understand myself and grow and evolve and figure out what's holding me back. I would love to speak to you. You can visit my website, spiritualfitchick.com. And there's a page there called work with me. You can learn all about the different modalities that I do. I work with people around the world. Nearly everything I offer is virtual and coming up in 2022, we also are going to be launching the brain and body reboot program. So be looking out for that as well. Don't forget for all your product and supplement needs like CBD, magnesium, and the best deodorant on the planet, visit zeninabottle.biz to learn all about how these natural plant compounds can help you live healthier mentally and physically. That's all for now, guys. Signing off.